You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Good morning. We are uh, continuing our conversation of uh, what's the point of Judaism. Um, working through the Ten Commandments at the moment uh, in uh, Sefer Achinuch, the uh, literally the book of education, a book of uh, um, Jewish law and and custom that that follows uh, that counts out each of the mitzvot in the Torah and then uh, um, describes what's involved in them and, and uh, what the rationale is for, uh, for for each of them. We've been going through the Ten Commandments and we uh, are at uh, big number four right now. Uh, which is Zachor Yom Hashabbat Lakad Show. Remember the Sabbath day to, to keep it holy. Um, uh, for six days you should work and do all of your labor. The seventh day is a, a, a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You should not do any manner of labor. Uh, you, your uh, your son, your daughter, uh, your your um, your animals, your uh, servants, um, uh, uh, anything that's within your uh, settlements, you should not uh, work on on Shabbat. So we talked last week week about they're really uh, two commandments within this one commandment, um, which again is a um, why it's uh, <coughs> uh, 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 the the term Ten Commandments is really in a lot of ways a non-Jewish uh, term. We call them Aserat Dibrot, the Ten Utterances, um, which is maybe closer because there are ten sort of categories of things, but each one has uh, an, a handful of commandments in it. So uh, um, Shabbat has at least two two general categories of commandment, which is Zachor Yom Shabbat, remember the Sabbath day, and Lota Sekom Lacha, don't do any labor. But Lota Sekom Lacha, as you know, has a lot of subcategories of, uh, of, of commandments within it. So the question is... Um, What's the point of refraining from labor on the Sabbath, right? And uh, and, and and this is a um, a, a challenging. One. First of all, because um, the first part of Shabbat observance, so as we talked about a little bit about this last week, um, Zachor Yom Shabbat is a relatively easy one, um, right? It's uh, it's easy to add Kiddush on Friday night. Right? It's easy to light the candles. You know, there's lots of people who don't do it, of course, but, uh, but, but uh, many rabbis, educators, advocating uh, for the inclusion of Shabbat into people's lives, so people start with uh, uh, lighting candles, start with making kiddush, which is, which is great. Um, it takes five minutes, and it's very easy to learn, and it's not uh, particularly cumbersome to, to anybody, but, but this part of Shabbat, which I would argue is the, is the ikar, is the essence of Shabbat, when you say, Zachor, you know, Shabbat, remember Shabbat, this is what you're remembering. Um, uh, this is much harder. Right, it's 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 much harder to refrain from uh, labor on uh, on on the Sabbath, especially especially um, the categories of labor that the rabbis uh, lay out in the uh, in the Mishnah and and the Talmud. There are uh, thirty nine categories of uh, forbidden labor, and even within those, there's subcategories. Um, and then on top of those thirty nine categories of labor, there are um, uh, uh, things that are um, that that are related to or might lead to those categories of labor. Shvut, um, muksa, uh, things. 
that, uh, that, that you shouldn't touch because they might be involved in those sort of labors even if you're not using them for those kind of labors. And then there's a whole category of uvdin dechol, uh, things that you do during the week that you shouldn't do on Shabbat even though they may not technically be forbidden. Um, so, um, so there's a lot there, and it's uh, very cumbersome, of course, for, for, for people's lives. Um, and so, uh, not surprisingly, um, uh, uh, lots of people um, uh, don't observe this part of Shabbat altogether, sometimes by uh, um, ideology, um, usually by... Uh, um, won't be. It depends on how harsh I want to be. Um, uh, 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 it's not so much laziness as it is conscious choice. This is not an important thing to me, right? Um, habit-driven. Mm-hmm. Very habit-driven, right? Uh, um, I'm used to doing X, Y, and Z thing on uh, on my weekends, right? Um, um, and uh, and some of the things are not very are, are not big, so they're hard to keep track of, right? Uh, so you know it's. It's maybe easy to say, okay, I'm not going to go to the mall on Saturday. It may be even easy to say I'm not going to use the computer on Saturday. But, uh, but you know, uh, the, some of the, the more, you know, the finer points of, uh, of uh, Sabbath observance, right? It's a, a combination of habit and, um, and intimidation, too, right? I, how, how can I know, you know, sometimes you start to wonder, you know, is there anything that's permitted to do on, uh, on, on Shabbat? Um, well, the presence of the Eruv in a lot of ways... Well, you know, it, it makes things permissible, but they're not permissible, and you know that even more. Yeah. So I guess the, that's true, um, right? The, the the presence of the eruv is helpful uh, on Shabbat. Although I would I would argue that uh, at least in the uh, even amongst Sabbath observing liberal Jews, um, uh, the eruv is also we talked about tefillin being a practice that may not make it. The eruv is also uh, I feel like maybe a practice that may not make it in the in in the next generation. People will just. Um, uh, carry on Shabbat um, because uh, what they're the, the thing about carrying on Shabbat that's uh, that's really you know, sort of interesting developmentally is that um, it, it, it most likely really was a, a, a prohibition against commerce, right? So people bringing their wares from their home to the <coughs> marketplace uh, on uh, on the Sabbath, they'd have to do it through the public thoroughfare, etc. Um, and and that's generally not um, what people associate with carrying. Now people aren't carrying their wares to the market. People are carrying their talis to shul or their or their stroller to shul or something like that. Um, so that's a little bit of an aside. But. No. Um, so the the question is okay. So this is this uh, very cumbersome and challenging set of uh, laws, set of prohibitions around the Sabbath that uh, is is hard to uh, communicate to to many people in our time um, as to um, its value or its importance. So the question is okay. So what is its value? What is its importance? Um, it's going to be difficult to like really get to the depths of this question. I think there's more than one, maybe many more than one answer. Um, uh, that, uh, uh, that that we could offer. There's, uh, you know, of course, great books about this. Uh, Heschel's The Sabbath um, was probably one of the things that uh, that, that uh, um, uh, inspired me to Sabbath observance myself. And I think um, uh, for anybody who picks it up, it's hard to avoid the the, the lure of it. Um, uh, but. Uh, uh, so there may be many possible reasons. People have written uh, volumes on, on the subject, um, which 
as an aside, maybe an indication that uh, um, either no one really knows or we're all making it up, right? Um, you know, like when you have to give multiple rationales for something, uh, uh, odds are often that, uh, that, that uh, none of them are really accurate um, or helpful. But, uh, but anyway, see, I'm going to read what the Sefer Achinuch says and then just open the conversation, okay? So here's what Sefer Achinuch says. Let's see if it works. So he says, at the root of this precept lies the purpose that we should remain away from our normal occupations in honor of the day um, in order to affirm in our souls, and by souls here he means minds, he means uh, intellect, um, to affirm in our souls our belief in the creation of the world out of non-existence, which is a cord that pulls along with it all the basic tenets of the religion. So this is not uh, unrelated to what we said about Zachor at Yom Shabbat, remembering the Sabbath day, that it is a, uh, a, a commandment. Maimonides categorizes all the commandments in two ways. It, it refines the body or refines the soul, um, meaning purifies the intellect. It gives you proper opinions and proper beliefs, etc. Um, it helps you helps transform what you, what you might have thought that was erroneous to, um, to, to thinking the right thing. Um, and so, uh, so, so uh, the Sefer Chinuch argues uh, that that uh, the um, the observance of Shabbat, um, not working on Shabbat, falls in that category. It purifies our beliefs, um, and it, and it reminds us of um, of a uh, of of a faith claim of of much of traditional Judaism. And I say that um, in the non-absolute. It's a faith claim, not a fact claim, and it's of uh, much of traditional Judaism, though not all of traditional Judaism. Um, uh, uh, that and, and it's and, and uh, to the chagrin of uh, of Sefer Chinuch, um, it, there's um, uh, um, uh, uh, much within the tradition that uh, that 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 could argue the other way that uh, the world was not created out of nothing, um, and, uh, and and also. Um, uh, what we know from uh, from from science and uh, current contemporary metaphysics um, also um, uh, levels good arguments against um, against that. But in any event, um, uh, the to the Sefer Chinuch, the Sabbath is um, a practice that inculcates a belief in the creation of the world out of non-existence. It's a practice that helps. Um, refine our opinions and beliefs. And so we ought to remember on one day, every single week, that the world was created in six separate days. What's interesting about that is he doesn't say um, which day we have to uh, remember it. He says, just pick a day. right? Uh, so you could do it on Wednesday. We've decided to do it on Saturday. Um, uh, one day every single week that the world was created in six separate days, and on the seventh day nothing was created. And each and every day something separate, distinct was created, demonstrating the simple, pure, divine will. Um, okay, so, uh, so that, uh, that, that uh, um, there were six days of creation, the seventh day God rested, and, and it wasn't uh, like God set off a chain reaction on day one, and things just happened on their own. It wasn't uh, by accident. Each day was a conscious and deliberative uh, act uh, uh, of, of, of labor and creation by God. Um, and the seventh day was, uh, was, was, uh, was rest, demonstrating the simple, pure will of God. 
in contradiction to the theory of the philosophizers. So the philosophizers, which I'm not sure is a word, um, but uh, the philosophizers are uh, uh, primarily Aristotle or Aristotelians <coughs> that, that he's talking about here, who argued um, that, uh, that, that the world was uh, eternal or created out of pre-existing matter. Um, and uh, so, uh, um, uh, so that is uh, um, the argument that uh, Maimonides, in the Guide of the Perplexed, um, argues um, with, in some ways argues against. But Maimonides, I, I just want to point out, in, in the Guide of the Perplexed, um, doesn't totally reject Aristotle's uh, uh, argument. What he says there is, uh, if I if I understood it properly, um, is that um, is that. Um, uh, Aristotle made a logical argument. One can also make a logical argument for the creation of the world out of non-existence. And because one can make logical arguments in either direction and have no conclusive way of determining which is right, since tradition seems to say that the world was created out of non-existence, we ought to believe that the world was created out of non-existence. But if some irrefutable proof were to come to lead us in the Aristotelian direction, then we would follow the Aristotelian direction and reinterpret Torah. That's what Maimonides says. But anyway, so this is in contradiction to the theory of the philosophizers, who are abhorrent to us with their hypothesis, thinking that along with God's existence, blessed is God, everything existed. Right? That, that the world coexisted with God. By resting on the so so one thing that we do by um, uh, uh, not laboring on the Sabbath is um, is is cultivating a proper belief in the creation deliberate creation of the world out of non-existence. By resting on the seventh day, we will recall the creation of the world out of non-existence. For when people will all rest from work on one day of the week, and whoever wonders it will ask. What is the reason for this rest? Then the answer will be, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and on the seventh day God rested. Everyone will be strengthened and confirmed in the true faith by this. So, uh, it's, it's sort an interesting of... interesting proof text to actually quote the commandment. That, that seems like kind of circular reasoning mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> right, although the, but the, the commandment itself, um, he's arguing, I think, has the proof text, right? Mm-hmm. So the, um, the, the commandment itself says, uh, right? that, um, that you should do the Sabbath because God created the world in six days uh, and then rested on, uh, on the seventh. Um, but in some ways it reminds me of the Seder, right? Um, that uh, you do a ritual act. Um, and you have your ritual behaviors in order to generate the question, why are you doing this, right? And, uh, and then you have the opportunity to answer. It's a pedagogic uh, uh, tool, a beautiful pedagogic tool. Um, you know, uh, now, uh, you know, uh, does it work, I guess, is a question that I would, that I would uh, ask, right? Uh, is that the... Um, uh, is that is it effective um, in, uh, in 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 people who observe the Sabbath? Does it does it transform their their beliefs? And I guess the other question I have is um, uh, um, why does it matter? Right? Why does it matter to to believe that God created the world in in six days uh, out of nothing? Why do we need a whole elaborate and very stringent practice um, in order to cultivate that uh, that viewpoint? So just some questions to keep in mind. Um, but there's a little bit more. Furthermore, apart from recalling the creation of the world out of non-existence, it leads to the remembrance of the miracle of Egypt. For we were slaves there, 
and could not rest when we desired repose. And God rescued us from their hand and commanded us to rest on the seventh day. So scripture mentions in the book of Deuteronomy this second root purpose that we find in resting. And it states there about the precept of the Sabbath, and you shall remember that you were a servant in the land of Egypt, therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So that is, um, uh, uh, you know, that's couched also as a, uh, as a um, again, Sabbath is a pedagogy to learn about the Exodus from Egypt. Um, but it's also possible, I think, uh, to, to think about it in a slightly different way, right? That, um, uh, that, that, uh, that um, one, um, only free people can uh, have a Sabbath day, right? Um, and, and that's true in terms of our enslavement uh, in Egypt, but it's also true in terms of all other kinds of enslavements, right? So the question, um, the question is, you know, for the people who have, you know, all the soccer practices and we have to go to the mall and I have to deal with the car and I have to check my email and I ha- whatever on, on Shabbat, the question then is, and I think that that's really the powerful element of uh, the Exodus from Egypt being a piece of the Sabbath, is who do you serve and what do you serve? Right? Are you really free? If you can't take a day to not do those things, are you really free? Right, um, and it's a it's an amazing thing, right? A, a very stringent set of, uh, of of practices and and laws um, by taking them on voluntarily um, actually is an indication of our of, of our own liberation, of, of our own freedom, which is really profound and really important um, uh, because most of us sort of go through life um, just kind of uh, doing our routine. Um, without uh, without really reflecting on the fact that uh, that that we are often not in control of our routine, our routine is often in control of us, um, and that I think is a really powerful element of uh, of, of Shabbat. Right? More than just the pedagogy of it, um, it is actually supposed to be a liberating force in our lives, um, and that's why you know I, I had a uh, um, I was in college uh, dating a girl who was not Shomer Shabbat and very driven, you know, um, uh, very smart. Uh, we're still friends. Um, and she, um, uh, she's a lawyer in New York or something now. And she, uh, um, and, and she said to me, like, I don't understand how you can, like, take a day a week and totally check out, right? Totally go off the grid, totally, you know, not do homework, not, right? And I said to her, you know, I actually don't know how you can do without it, right? Um, that uh, um, that by, by doing it, um, I, um, I, I know how, I, I know what my priorities are.